0: Welcome back to Casual Climbers, the podcast by and for beginning hikers and those who may not quite be physically ready to tackle the Appalachian Trail. I'm your host, Roy Padrick, and alongside me, as always, is my wife and adventure buddy, Donna. Hi, Roy. Hey, Donna.
1: In this podcast, we're going to provide you with information, tips, and tricks on how to get into hiking in the Blue Ridge area. We're going to cover some of the hundreds of trails in the various parks in the region, and hopefully entertain you along the way. We're two middle-aged, not-in-the-best-shape hikers... I didn't say it. ...who love the outdoors and want to share our experiences with you.
0: In this week's episode, Donna, we cover the really fun Ravencliffs Falls Trail at Caesars Head State Park. We're also going to talk a little bit about this really great shop. It's a coffee shop and sandwich shop. That we hit afterward. So for for those of you hikers who are like, hey, can you guys tell us where to eat after we get done with this really long hike? Yeah. This week we got you covered.
1: Right. You want to reward yourself after a hike. Um, you you want to have something in your stomach before a hike, but it's a lot of fun to know that you know. I think the rules is is the rules are that after you hike, I think like for what six hours after you hike, the food you eat it doesn't count. It doesn't, yeah, everything's
0: free. That's yeah, right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, everything's free. It. So any calories you consume six hours after a hike is completely free. It just goes straight through your body. Just
1: to say, we're not nutritionalists. We,
0: we are not doctors, so <laughs> yeah. everything we said is a big old lie. Yeah. but <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it could be true. We don't it, know. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> we also have a fun fact today about Devil's Kitchen, yeah. which is right there at nearby Scissors Head State Park in the Welcome the uh, visitor, Center area. Yeah, visitor mm-hmm. Center. And our equipment review this week is Kamoot, the app that I use to track our hiking. Mm -hmm. So this week's fun fact I am really looking forward to. Listeners, I am hearing this for the first time along with you, and I can't wait to hear it. So what do you say, Donna? Ready to get into it? Let's go. Today's trail is Ravencliff Falls. Now here it is by the numbers. The distance for this trail, it's an out-and-back trail 3.9 miles from the trailhead. The time it took us, overall, was 2 hours and 30 minutes at a very comfortable pace. And of that, 1 hour and 38 minutes was actual moving time. And you'll see why as we go through it, and if you look at our trail photos on our website, you'll see why we spent a whole hour stopping and enjoying. The lowest point of the trail is 2,800 feet. And the highest point is three thousand feet, but do not let that two hundred foot difference fool you, because this is a break a sweat plus trail, and it is very, it it's very pet friendly and kid friendly. Overall, the the hike footing is not challenging, but we're gonna tell you what's really challenging about it. Donna, what is really challenging about this trail?
1: So. You got these ups and downs. They're gentle ups and downs. But you go up for, I mean, it's long enough that I got out of breath and had to take a break um, halfway through, you know, going up. Um, It was, yeah, just take a break. I mean, because if you don't, you're going to feel like you're going to have a heart attack.
0: It is kind of nuts. At only 200 feet. And I didn't believe it when I. When I got back and looked at the commute statistics, and it said it was only 200 foot elevation, I'm like, no, this app is lying. It's not true. Mm, but total. It, it, it is from the lowest to highest point, but right.
1: But you're going up and down, up and down, oh, up and down. You're going so much. Yeah, you're going over that mountain. Like, it, it. It's really. It's beautiful.
0: It is beautiful, and you know what's really interesting about this about this hike, with the exception of of the apex of it, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. There's so many really interesting and beautiful rock and boulder formations along this trail. For sure. One of my favorite uh, is this kind of double rock trail. It's not really a trail. It's this double rock formation, but it's plenty big enough and flat enough that you could sit and have a picnic at. And it's kind of tiered. So there's one. And this is maybe what?
1: and a mile 15
0: feet off of the trail itself yeah. about a mile in yeah about a mile in 15 feet off the trail and it overlooks this nice little yeah the overlook view.
1: it's it's a bu- it's a beautiful view
0: yeah so you could have like two families sitting and having a picnic on these rocks a mile into the trail it's it's gorgeous and when we went this past summer there were actually people having a picnic there mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah i mean there's there's no like guardrails to to make sure that you don't go off the mountain. So don't don't do that maybe.
0: Try not to do that. But yeah. it, honestly though, it's not like it falls straight down. There's plenty of trees to in catch the way. You yeah. The... I mean it's not too bad. But it is <laughs> it is a nice formation and, and there's like there are two or three spots where the rocks jut out from the side of the mountain and kind of form this natural overhang slash cave. Mm-hmm. And I always imagine I'm gonna find a bear in these. Now, listeners, these overhangs are probably at most 18 inches tall. <laughs> so, so if there was a bear in there, it'd be an adorably little bear. Yeah,
1: yeah. So like maybe uh, a Care Bear. Maybe I'm not
0: <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I, I think I would freak out more if it was a Care Bear <laughs> in real life rather than a real bear because I'm pretty sure I would have accidentally put some. Strange mushroom in my mouth,
1: (laughs) which is a real possibility. It is
0: a real possibility. Okay, listeners. So, we, we, I guess we should get this out of the way. We're in episode eight now, so you can get to know a little bit about us. Donna, I have, I have a weird quirk about me. Do you want to tell them?
1: I mean, I, if, if I say, oh, that's an interesting mushroom, you're like, you want me to put it in my mouth? And the funny thing is, is that you don't like mushrooms. I hate
0: mushrooms. They're disgusting fungus. I, but it's not just mushrooms, though. It's really kind of anything.
1: I hope it's not anything. I haven't, like, witnessed you put, well, yeah, berries you would try, but I don't Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you remember that plant in Florida or that oh. tree in Florida? It's actually, two trees in Florida. So we, uh, we used to live in Florida, and we took this road trip down south. And oh, yeah. we that, stopped at this restaurant mm-hmm. that had these little green apples.
1: Yeah, they were like almost like crab apples, little, little tiny apples growing on a tree mm-hmm. outside the restaurant. And they, they, they very obviously looked like fruit, but they were all over the ground. They were all over the tree. They were very, and, and that kind of confused me because I thought, well, why aren't the squirrels and the birds eating? Because they were tiny, little sweet looking apples. But yeah, so Roy, you picked one.
0: I picked one because they looked delicious, listeners. To be fair,
1: I mean they did look delicious. I did not put one in my mouth.
0: Yep put put one in my mouth. Took a bite. It wasn't a big bite.
1: Yeah, it was. A I'm little... not. I'm
0: not a completed idiot. You,
1: you're it, not. But it
0: was a bite, yeah. and it turned out to be a manchineel, which is called the death apple. Yeah. And the world's most dangerous tree. Which. And, it's crazy, because you looked it up afterward, and what was special about that particular apple? Do you remember?
1: I remember that Native Americans who lived in that area would take that, that the, I guess, the juice from that apple and coat their arrows with it, and they would poison their arrows with it to shoot at, like, you know, their enemy.
0: Yeah, that's what got Ponce de Leon. Yeah. He was shot with one of these. So so my dumb butt is putting that stuff in his mouth, and I also put this... um. Bark from a tree in the Enchanted Forest Sanctuary in Brevard County, Florida. In my mouth, it had turned my whole mouth numb. Yeah. And it turned out that the natives used to use that for toothaches. Yeah. And so my mouth was numb for the entire rest of the day. Yes. I don't know why anybody has an Just grow one of those trees because your mouth will be numb for the rest of the day.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's a, that's a sidebar right. from, from our trail. I but feel like I if I do any, put stuff in my mouth.
1: If any... Yeah. If any like life insurance person out there is listening. I just I just want you to know he's really not trying to kill himself or anything. He's he is balanced and healthy and happy. Um he just this is something that he does. It's
0: weird. I don't know. I don't know where I get it. It has to be some childhood thing, I think. I don't know. Putting stuff in my If if my mom listens to this, which I don't know if she does, but if she listens to this, um, I'm sure she will tell you that this happened to me as a child, we and should... I'm a 48 year old adult who is still doing
1: this. Yeah, we should have her as a guest. She's got some stories. No, I'm sure. we're not
0: having her as a guest. We totally Absolutely need not. To... Nope, not gonna She'd happen. She'd be hilarious. Let's get back to the trail. <laughs> okay. So one of the there's there's a lot that's interesting about this trail besides the up and down nature of it. So normally on these trails, it's up one way most of the most of the time, and down the other. Like in Sulphur Springs is a perfect example. You start low; the first half is going to the top of the mountain, and the second half is coming down. That's normally how trails are designed. But this one, man, it is. Sometimes you're going up, sometimes you're going down, which and is it's nice. the exact same way on the way back.
1: Yeah, it's nice in in a sense because you in I don't know what like four times in the trail you get these long breaks where you're going down or even with the land and so you get these long parts of the trail where y- you're not huffing and you know going up so i don't know that's that's nice in a sense
0: yeah i don't i don't have any complaints about it it's it's just different than most trails it's still good i i enjoyed this hike and for the for a number of reasons the apex is Perhaps the best one. But there's also this, there's this section, Donna, you remember a dense canopy of mountain laurels. Yeah. That lasts a pretty long while. It's probably maybe a quarter mile of just a dense canopy of mountain laurels. And we went in the summer, it was midsummer. And there were still some, not a lot, but there were still some mountain laurels on the trees. So the flowers. Right. Yeah, mountain laurel flowers. So when we go in the fall or, or in the spring, spring, yeah, I can imagine it's going to be almost magical.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely, we'll definitely have to schedule this one for, I think, probably late April.
0: I think that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. And so today's weather wasn't too bad. Right. We got there, it was about 42 degrees mm-hmm. when we got there. And uh, I didn't. I didn't feel overly cold. We didn't. I didn't wear gloves. I think you took yours off pretty early.
1: Pretty early, yeah. I mean, it, this is February ninth. It's supposed to be the coldest month, I believe, in this area. And today was not bad. I, I started with a hat, scarf, and gloves, but they they all go, went in my backpack. Probably within a mile in.
0: Several trails fork off this one too. So there's kind of like this network of trails that run through caesar's head state park and there's one in particular listeners that you should be on the lookout for and there's a big bold sign metal sign which is unusual in state parks and forests nailed to a tree that says you were preparing to go on the dismal trail if you are an inexperienced or novice hiker, do not take this. It's, so we chose not to do it. We debated back and forth about going on it. And here, here's what it is. The dismal trail is only 1.5 miles, but in that 1.5 miles, it's an out and back. It's not a loop. There is a 2000 foot elevation change from the top where you started on the Ravencliff Falls trail to the bottom where it picks up the natural wood trail. It's two thousand feet and one and a half miles, listeners. That for those of you who have never hiked, that is an insanely strong grade going yeah. up and down.
1: Yeah. So this is this is pretty close to the overlook, the Ravencliff Falls right. overlook. We we considered it very briefly. I did take a picture of the sign. The sign says warning. The dismal Natureland hiking loop is very strenuous. Expect at least an additional four to six hours of hiking from this point. For your safety, do not attempt this loop unless you have water, food, hiking boots, and a trail map. Um, I'm thinking that this sign should say really good muscles, really good balance, no hip problems, no knee problems, things like that. Right,
0: yeah. So I I want you to think about that, listeners, what that means. So the dismal trail and you call it the natural wood or natural land, natural land. Thank you. The natural land trail is only about 2.8 miles total for the both of them. And they're saying it's going to take four to six hours.
1: Right. And I think it has been described as, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the hardest hike in South Carolina.
0: Yes. Many, many experienced experienced hikers say it is the most difficult hike. In South Carolina. So listeners, you're going to pass by it and it's going to seem very tempting because (laughs) at the bottom, once you get there, you can get to the bottom of Ravencliff Falls. But just remember, you got to go back up and that is when it becomes challenging. Going down that street, that steep uh, decline is tough. I don't recommend it without two hiking poles.
1: We're not saying this from experience either. We're just saying this from what we read about it because we 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 like I said, we considered doing it for about a minute and a half. Just because it's a mile and a half. It sounds easy and it's right off of this trail that we're already on. So there were reasons to consider doing it. Yeah. But then once thank goodness we had some some cell signal up at the up at the top a and, tiny
0: little bit that kept going in and out.
1: Yeah. So. And that sign. That sign has like this comical V that is like, okay, you're gonna be going straight down and then straight back up. This V is showing you what you're about to do if you take this trail.
0: So all of that is to say, listener, if
1: Dismal natural land hiking loop is very strenuous.
0: Only only really take it if you're fully prepared
1: I, I'm for thinking... a full
0: day of hiking with complete gear.
1: Yeah, and maybe maybe you should I mean cuz if you're listening to this then maybe you're a casual climber who is unfit just like us. So, before you do the Dismal Natural whatever loop, <laughs> maybe talk to a therapist.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm just at saying. the
0: at the very least, make sure that people know what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that if
0: you don't come back within six hours, they know at least where to start The looking.
1: parking lot closes at five. Just just know that.
0: Yeah, we should probably talk a bit about parking a little bit. Yeah. So parking for the trailhead is about half a mile past Caesars Head State Park coming from the south side. And it's on the right-hand side and the trail is on the left. So you have to cross the, the road. I'm not going to call it a highway. It's a two-lane road. But there are curves on either side so when you cross please be careful and pay attention and there's only maybe maybe 20 spots there probably closer to 16 and and it is a very 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 popular trail in the area there is however and this is new because this didn't exist last time we went in in june
1: either that or we didn't notice it
0: yeah I think I'm, it's new. Okay. There's a little bit of overflow parking. We're
1: going to say it's new.
0: Yeah, it's new. Okay. Uh, past the paved parking area, and the overflow parking is not paved. So at least they've recognized that they need more, because people were parking on the side of the road. I'm not going to say if we did it or not, but yeah. people have parked on the side of the road, and you'll get ticketed you'll for You'll get it. ticketed
1: because it's dangerous, because the 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 drop-off from the paved road to the dirt where two of your tires have to be on the dirt, your your vehicle has to be kind of leaning at such an angle that it it felt like, hmm, is this vehicle going to just roll off the mountain
0: Oh, it's a good eight to twelve inches from the paved to the yeah. to the grass
1: I don't recommend yeah. doing what we might have done
0: We didn't do it we... <laughs> we totally didn't do that that one time and get a ticket for it yeah so so that's the parking situation there. We so we went on a Friday on a work day and so there wasn't anybody there. We the only time we ran into anybody was on our way back about halfway through. So that was kinda nice. So if you can't go during the work week, by all means do it. It gets exceptionally busy on the weekend.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and it's so it's it's February. Now, the last time that we hiked it was in the end of May, and I I mean, I'm gonna guess that the nicer the weather, the nicer the weather is, the more people. I don't know.
0: We, well, you, you remember when we got back to the, to the vehicle today? Mm. That main parking lot was already full. That's true. And that, that was true. at like noon on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We got yeah. So maybe get an early start.
0: Okay, so we've teased at it, Donna. What's at the apex of this?
1: At the apex of the the. The Ravencliff Falls is the view, the view of the Ravencliff Falls. It's just amazing. It's breathtaking. It brought tears to my eyes. I, you, when you get about, I want to say, 20 feet from the overlook, you can start to hear the falls. The, the trees, I mean, right now the trees have lost their leaves. So it's amazing to me how much the trees still muffle like the sound of the falls. The falls are really far away, too.
0: Yeah, so that's that's something that people often complain about is, oh, I, you're gonna call this Ravencliff Raven Falls Trail, and you have an overlook, but it's a mile away. It is, folks. It's a mile away, but you get a great view of it. Yeah. From 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 the the there's a great pavilion there. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of seating. I mean, it's probably the nicest end of trail pavilion i've seen at any state park
1: well well maintained just just beautiful there's a there's a top gazebo pavilion kind of thing it has benches
0: all around mm
1: -hmm, and then you can go down the stairs and go to another landing a little bit lower so um if you do go down to the landing that's a little bit lower whoever's standing at that landing and enjoying the falls their heads are not blocking the view of the of the raven cliff falls from the people that are up in the gazebo up at the top but yeah we got lots of pictures we'll put those
0: yeah we'll put the pictures up on the website the falls themselves are about 350 feet tall so it is it is a significant waterfall listeners it's it is beautiful and you can get to the bottom of it but yeah, The way we didn't... to do it is to go down the dismal
1: uh, i think there's another way. there's around. another way
0: that you can go all the way around but it is still a challenging yeah. trail
1: either way it's a full day hi- hike
0: right It is a full day hike to get to the bottom of the falls, and it's not a single trail. It's kind of a mix of several of them, so we didn't cover that in this particular episode. We just covered the single Ravencliff Falls trail that takes you to the Overlook.
1: Right, and then back, yeah.
0: Yeah. The Overlook is gorgeous, though. It really is. It
1: Honestly, when I say, I mean, it just, it's breathtaking. I I love waterfalls, and when I- Get close to a waterfall and it's beautiful and I can hear it and you can just feel the energy coming from it. And I don't know, it's just it's just an amazing thing.
0: I agree. And we have some great waterfalls around here. We have some really great ones. I mean, Looking Glass Falls, Rainbow Falls, Ravencliff Falls. There's there's too many to name. And and every single one of them has its own personality. It has its own. Unique features, and it has its own challenges, or lack thereof. Like, if you want to see Looking Glass Falls, you can park your car and look at it out the window. That's how close it is. Yeah. So, so, but Ravencliff Falls was was really nice, and the trail itself was an interesting trail. There, there's not a lot of views along the way, except for the little unique features of the flora and the rock formations and all that stuff makes it really interesting. Footing wasn't a problem I didn't find, Donna. There wasn't a lot of rocks or roots to have to walk over.
1: There were some routes that, I, I mean, I really had to pay attention. I want to mention, too, that at the, I, I'm calling it a gazebo. I don't know if it's a gazebo. It's a covered pavilion kind of thing. They're at the overlook. Some We've been to some waterfalls where people have brought drones to fly a drone to get really good drone pictures of waterfalls. This particular overlook had a sign that said no drone zone. So don't, I mean, that's just one more thing to have to hike in with. And then if you get there and then there's this no drone zone sign and you can't use it, then you got to hike out. Well, I mean, either way, you got to hike out with it. But but yeah, just just putting that out there. I mean, if you're a rule breaker and want to bring a drone to get pictures, then, you know. I'm not going to tell on you, but, you
0: know. But be aware, somebody might. And you might get stopped and probably fine because it said it was a, a an FAA violation there. Is that really? Yeah, That's... on the sign there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind, listeners. If you're, a, if you're a, a drone pilot, just don't bring it on this one. Yeah. Skip it. Now, one thing that we didn't see were mountain bikers and or signs that said mountain bikers could or could not be on there. Yeah. Now, when we asked, they said, eh, they discourage it, but it's not pr- explicitly prohibited. So both times we went, we haven't seen them. Yeah. And there are some spots where I think that they would be challenging. Some of the, the canopies are kind of low. Oh, yeah. And uh, the rock formations that, co- that come in and out, that they're, I think they would have a hard time with it. I don't see I don't see it as being a popular mountain biking trail. There were,
1: there were three downed trees that two we went under and one we went over. And I didn't have a problem with any of them.
0: Yeah, one of the downed trees was at 1.4 miles in. So just keep that in mind. You have to go under that one. And then there was another one that you had to go over a little bit further back, but yeah, none of them were particularly challenging.
1: I didn't. The two that, that I had to go under, I didn't even have to take my backpack off. It, my backpack maybe brushed the tree a little bit, but there was, there was. They were kind of down at an angle, and I could just sort of like dip under a little bit. And I'm not, you know, the most. Like I said, I'm you know an unfit hiker, so.
0: There were probably about maybe. Four to five foot clearance. So not too bad. You don't have to, you know, duck walk through them or anything like yeah. that. You can basically just bend over and get And the one, the
1: one that, that you have to step over is not, that, that one's not, it's very low to the
0: ground. Yeah, maybe, maybe 18 inches tall at the, at the most, probably closer to 12. It's not, it's not very high. Now, there is a set of steps 0. 0.9 miles in. It's four sets that go down, which is fine. <laughs> but then you got four steps. Four sets of steps to go up. Yeah. Some of the steps are very shallow, as in the distance between one step and the next is maybe four to five inches. And some of them are pretty steep. So keep that in mind, listeners, as you're taking this trail that you may have to encounter, you know, uneven steps. But for the most part, the footing I found was was pretty good. And and on the the steeper inclined steps, there was handrails.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the handrails.
0: Yeah, I do too. One thing about this trail, Donna, also is that between the trailhead and the apex, there's no official seating. There's no benches or anything like that, but there are tons of rocks that you can sit on. We sat on several of them along the way. Yeah. So listeners, if you're thinking about, hey, where is a good place to stop? There's plenty of places that you can sit on a boulder or a rock. That's pretty comfortable and, you know, you can get there in addition to the little picnic area that we told you about earlier.
1: Right. Yeah, there's no bathrooms, um, but there is a bathroom at the Caesars Head State Park Visitor Center. That bathroom does not have running water to wash your hands, so bring hand sanitizer. Or they have this pump, water pump, around back behind the bathrooms that you can kind of wash your hands with that.
0: There's no soap and there's no towels. So, yeah, as she said, kind of kind of bring to- your own stuff.
1: It's better than a porta potty.
0: Sure. Oh yeah, and they and they do a good job of keeping it clean. Yeah. So, there's there's no bathroom at the parking area, none at the Apex. So, if you do have to use the restroom, by all means, please use it either at the the welcome center, the visitor center there at Caesar's Head State Park, which is Half a mile from the trailhead or another place, Ghana, yeah. which we're going to talk about now. Yeah. So we don't normally do this, listeners, but we may actually start making this part of our, our weekly podcast. I- I'd love to hear from you if you find this interesting or not. So we like to support local businesses any chance we get. Mm-hmm. And in this particular instance... We weren't looking to support a particular local business, but after the trail, I was hungry for lunch. And around this area, there is almost nothing. Nowhere to eat, no gas stations for miles and miles and miles except this one place called the Mountain ha- Mountain House at Caesar's Head coffee shop. I right. want you to tell them about it.
1: Okay, so it's really really close to the Caesar's Head State Park Welcome Center. It's you, you you'll see it as you're coming up the road to Caesars. We, we've seen it a couple of times and said, huh, I wonder if we should stop in there. So we stopped in there today. And I'm so glad we did. We Now, we saw it was a coffee shop. So we weren't 100% sure because we were hungry for lunch. And so, yeah, we were like, oh, we need more than coffee. They have more than coffee. Trust me. And it was so good. They have sandwiches. And, yeah, they're so good.
0: They have amazing sandwiches. They have soups. They have pastries. They have homemade fudges, ice cream, fresh-made, homemade waffles. Soup. Of all kinds. Yeah. Yeah. So what I had today is something that I've never had before, and that's a pimento cheese and turkey sandwich. And the pimento cheese is handmade there with fresh local vegetables. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible incredible.
1: Yeah. And I had the chicken salad sandwich. Now, this was a chicken salad with um like the cranberries and walnuts and it. it was so good and it was on a croissant. And the, you know, they warm up the bread and toast and oh, it was so good. And then I had tomato bisque soup, I believe. Yeah,
0: I had the cheddar broccoli and so normally I I don't eat very much at lunch and you don't either
1: I don't either and yeah. we
0: both finished our meals yeah and we left stuff just from a soup and and sandwich and it was so great now they had some some really interesting fudges there too typically listeners Donna and I don't eat sweets yeah we, we just don't we typically. try and stay
1: away from sugar yeah we try to
0: but they had this vanilla lavender fudge that it was. Beautiful white cream with with purple lavender swirls in it, and I was like, You know what? I just want to try a little piece of it, so I bought a piece, and it is it is subtle, but it's so savory and delicious and Donna, you you got one too,
1: yeah, I got the um, oh shoot, what was it? It was uh,
0: it was the praline,
1: yes, thank you. It was the praline fudge and yeah, I I took one tiny bite of it, and then one other tiny bite of it, and then another quite a bit bigger bite, and then yeah, it was just I love praline. It was well, it's it's like a vanilla fudge with praline in the middle, caramel and praline, and um, and then some more white fudge on the bottom. <laughs> so.
0: They had they had probably what a dozen different fudges there. Yeah. Yeah, I, something like that. Yeah,
1: that and ice cream too.
0: Yeah, and the ice cream. We met with one of the owners, James, and he was really nice and he explained everything. He told us how they make all the stuff there fresh. And they also have a neat little gift shop there uh, where local artists sell their own goods. So all this stuff in there is local.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they had like these really pretty wooden earrings and just a lot of stuff. They had uh, some some Christmas ornaments and... It was just a really neat shop.
0: It was a really neat shop and this place is not very big, yet somehow they were able to fit a bunch of seating in there. They had indoor seating, they had outdoor seating, and then they had seating that's kind of hybrid. It was covered from the elements, but it wasn't heated, and it was really nice. They had fresh water set out. Yeah. It was it was a really really neat place. And it I mean they had artisan coffees and artisan teas there. They had all kinds of stuff as well as Bathrooms, if you need a bathroom and you want to be able to wash your hands.
1: Yeah, they, they have an Instagram wall, too.
0: Yeah. So there's this neat little decorated wall where you can take a picture in front of it and uh, put it on Instagram.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it, this is a neat spot. If if any of our listeners are out there and they're getting ready to go to either Caesars Head State Park to look at the overlook or they're going on any of the many hikes there at Caesars Head, we encourage you to stop there this was the first time we'd been there, you know, meeting meeting James and his staff was really nice. They could not have been more pleasant. Yeah. So, please, we encourage you to go there. Support local artists, support local business people, and support local commerce.
1: Right. So, Mountain House at Caesars Head Coffee Shop, they have a sign out front that says, last stop on the mountain, go potty, eat, and drink, and get some souvenirs. So, yeah. It's they're, they're definitely coffee, waffles, fudge, ice cream, sandwiches, local crafts, and hot chocolate. I think they even have hot cider.
0: They do have hot cider. We didn't try that because we were just so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you want to check them out on the web, it's mountainhousech.com. And you can look for them on Facebook at Mountain House at Caesars Head on Facebook and Instagram.
1: I got lots of pictures, and we'll put those on the on the website. We'll put well.
0: them on the website as well. So that was our hike this week, Donna. What did you think? Was this, uh? What? how would you rate the difficulty on this?
1: You know, we were talking about this on the trail on our way back. And you were like, so what do you think? And I said, you know, it really depends on where I am on this trail. Like, when you ask me that question, am I heading up? Or am I going, you know, level ground or going downhill? My, my opinions and mood, I, I changed... <laughs> depending on what was going on on the trail. But I think we decided that this is a Break a Sweat Plus. It's something between Break a Sweat and Painbringer. It's, exa- it's not as yeah, hard. Yeah, between
0: Break a Sweat and Feel the Burn. Oh, and yeah. Feel br-
1: Yeah, not the Pain. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. So if we gauge this against the Sulphur Springs Trail that we did a couple weeks ago, which was definitely a Break a Sweat. No, that, that was definitely a Feel the Burn. Sulfur Springs was definitely Field of Burn. It was close, but not quite as difficult, I think, as Sulfur Springs. Yeah. So yeah, b- break a sweat plus. And if you're very, very new to hiking or you know, as out of shape as we were when we first did it, it's a field of burn hike.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that.
0: Would you recommend this to anybody coming to the area?
1: I would. I would I definitely 100% I would recommend going to the Caesar's Head Visitor Center and that park just that parking lot and just seeing the overlook and I know we're going to talk about Devil's Kitchen pretty soon here but yeah
0: the overlook there so at Caesar's Head State Park there's a, a large parking lot and they have a visitor center with a, a gift shop there
1: They're actually remodeling the gift shop in there or the visitor center we haven't been in the last couple times we've been to that parking lot but The Overlook is reason.
0: Yeah. So to get to the Overlook, you park in the parking lot and you walk along this partially paved, partially boardwalk path. It's from the farthest parking spot. It's maybe 100 yards. And from the closest, it's probably 20 yards to the Overlook. And the Overlook is spectacular. So we could post all the pictures in the world of the Overlook. None of them would do them justice. Yeah, none of them would do him justice. So please, if you're at Caesars Head or even if you're near Caesars Head State Park, if you're within an hour of it,
1: even if like you can't, if you're not able to, if you're not very mobile at all, if you're not a hiker, if you're not able to walk much, I, I think
0: it's very wheelchair friendly. Yeah, it's it's ramps. There's no steps. Now, you may not be able to get down onto the onto the rock face part of the overlook, but you can see everything yeah. from, from the wheelchair accessible area. You'll still get area. a view. Oh, yeah. It's spectacular.
1: And you can actually have a picnic right there. There's picnic tables.
0: Several. Yeah, several picnic tables. Yeah. Yeah. So and so, so stop there, and, and Devil's Kitchen is right there, and we're going to talk about Devil's Kitchen now.
1: Okay, so our fun fact today is about Devil's Kitchen at Caesars Head State Park, the visitor center parking area. So this is not to be mistaken for Devil's Fork State Park, which is only 33 miles away from the Devil's Kitchen at Caesars Head State Park Visitor Center. Two totally different things.
0: There's a lot of devils, though. What's going on here?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, Should we be nervous about living in this area?
0: I think it's fine.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Okay. Um, But yeah, Devil's Kitchen, different from Devil's Fork State Park. Devil's Kitchen is is a much smaller thing. So it's a really interesting geological formation. It's in the northern Greenville County, South Carolina, near the border of Transylvania County, North Carolina. This is, the again, the parking area of uh, the Caesars Head State Park Visitor Center. So this is a narrow passageway between two giant rocks. Well, it used to be one rock that split. They say it was a natural process that created it. But there's another explanation if you choose to believe it. I'm not I choose in-
0: to believe it. I don't even I have I don't even know what it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm choosing to believe it's not a natural it, phenomenon.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Well just wait. Just wait. So So there's, as far as the natural process route, there's two explanations that way. So we're going to go into the natural, the possible natural process. So
0: both of these. boring.
1: (laughs) You might learn something. Maybe.
0: Who wants to learn on a podcast?
1: Okay. Explanation number one is that thousands of years ago, spoiler alert, both of these are going to say thousands of years ago. So. Thousands of years ago, as water on the mountain froze and expanded, it created pressure on this rock. Now, when I say rock, I mean rock—like really, like a really, really big rock.
0: It's probably from where you stand, 25, 30 feet tall to the top. It's big. This is not a. This is not. We're not talking. It's not about like a, a
1: rock that you pick up and put no. in your pocket. This is this is
0: the side of the mountain.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Yeah. Uh huh really really big piece of the mountain
0: so they're saying water
1: um that water uh, yeah that it froze and expanded and like i guess it somehow got into the rock and then expanded when it froze and created this crack but that's that's not the it doesn't seem like i don't buy
0: it yeah i don't buy it okay not as big as this crack is no way
1: and and yeah and this. I don't know. It, feel, it seems very smooth, too. I, I don't know. But water, could, water can do a lot of things.
0: Water can part mountains, but yeah. yeah. I don't think that's what happened here.
1: So, explanation number two, again, thousands of years ago, an immense amount of heat and pressure caused part of the mountain, the rock, to split away, creating a narrow passage. So, that's explanation number two, if you want to go with possible natural occurrences.
0: So, a large amount of heat, and what else?
1: heat and pressure, so I'm guessing, like, maybe this has something to do with tectonic plates or maybe almost, like, earthquake, kind of? I
0: I mean, just, you and I have been through here, what, half a dozen times, maybe more? Yeah. I think that's the only real explanation, except for whatever it is you're about to say, (laughs) which I'm gonna believe anyway.
1: Okay, right. Well, I mean, also, you know, I... I don't have any explanation that has anything to do with Bigfoot, but maybe he had something to do with this. G- I don't know.
0: Of course he did, Donna. Okay. Of course he did.
1: Okay. All right. So so this rock is called granite gneiss, but it's spelled G-Nice, gneiss, G and And apparently, multiple like other places, this type of rock here it broke at a clean ninety degree angle, and I think it does this. Like I think that's what this rock does when it breaks is it breaks at clean 90 degree angles but it just does feel like it'd be more like almost an earthquake event i don't know i'm not i
0: love the symmetry of a of a rock breaking at 90 degree angles so so nice has now become my favorite rock
1: okay (laughs) um but we but remember when we went up to grandfather mountain on your way up to grandfather mountain you see split rock and sphinx sphinx rock yeah. And these two rocks are kind of, they remind me of Devil's Kitchen. They're huge rocks. And if I remember correctly, you can almost kind of walk through a little bit. And it seemed like they sort of split like that, too. I'm going to have to do some research and see. I,
0: I believe they, those actually have an explanation near them. And I think they were formed during a tectonic event.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. But they, yeah, I just, I remembered that when I was looking at this. So, so here's the other explanation for Let's Devil's Kitchen.
0: Let's hear it.
1: So this dates back to when there were Scottish and Irish immigrants
0: that lived in the Yeah. Finally, (laughs) I finally get to break out my only halfway passable accent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Is there are there any names?
1: Uh, I don't have any names, but I I I like.
0: I think. Okay, I'm going to call him Angus McTavish.
1: Okay. All All right.
0: right. All right. Old Angus. Yeah. That's right.
1: I picture his wife being the one to tell him this this story and, like, to try and discourage him from, from what... Okay, so this was the story. So these settlers would often brew their own alcohol, moonshine, in that area. Sweet. And somebody started a story that said that the devil also used to use this this area as his own kitchen to make moonshine. And he one day made a particularly hot brew. And I I saw that terminology hot brew a couple of times in a couple of different versions of this story. So that must mean they must have been just calling like really strong moonshine hot brew.
0: I think moonshine is boiled so because it goes through those cooling things. So maybe it is talking about physical temperature rather than strength of alcohol. But you know what? If well, the devil's making it, mm, probably both.
1: Right. So listen to the, yeah, the rest of the story. So one drop of the devil's moonshine spilled on this rock, and it split the mountain. It, it made it crack. So that's the, um, that's why it's called the devil's kitchen, because the devil was making really, really strong moonshine. I don't think just hot, physically hot moonshine would have made this rock crack like that.
0: I don't know, but I, I believe it. It is the most logical explanation to this formation that you can possibly give me.
1: so was this narrow passageway created by geological means, or was this created by an accidental drop of some really potent moonshine the devil was making
0: B- Bigfoot you you, decide. Forgot, you forgot sasquatch
1: well the 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 Sasquatch was probably helping the devil make the moonshine he I probably... would think
0: so, right yeah. I look having. Read up, watched movies, and, and followed Bigfoot stuff as much as I have. Yeah. He's 100% an alcoholic.
1: Oh, no, no.
0: 100%.
1: Stop disparaging. You're going to get a lawsuit. That's, no.
0: I'm not saying it's a bad thing for him.
1: There's probably a Big Bigfoot out there that's, like, going to come. Uh,
0: you think he's a teetotaler? I don't know. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Bigfoot's a teetotaler? I mean, maybe. Who knows?
1: The Bigfoot, I don't know, agenda. They're, they're gonna... It's
0: it's Big Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bigfoot is trying to pass on their, their I don't agenda know. to you. You love Bigfoot. I do love Bigfoot. Listeners, I have Bigfoot, little Bigfoot figurines all over my house. I also am currently drinking out of a Bigfoot coffee mug. I have Bigfoot shirts. I have Bigfoot hats. I'm yeah. a huge fan of Bigfoot. And if you're out there, Bigfoot, listening to this podcast, Shout out to you bro. Yeah, Next yeah, yeah. time I'm in the woods, say hi.
1: No oh, you need to apologize right now for calling him an alcoholic. Bro. I didn't
0: call that Bigfoot an alcoholic. I said probably one is Okay, and just based on the law of averages, there's got to be a bigfoot who is an alcoholic.
1: All right, all right. so
0: maybe you know what you know I, I'm just now thinking of this. So there were a lot of Scottish ancestors that settled in this area that's That's just a known fact that's where Hillbilly came from. And we'll cover that in a different podcast, folks. That story's fun too. I wonder if Sasquatch is not really an ape creature, but just a really hairy Scotchman. <laughs> I mean Doesn't that make sense? Maybe? He's just really hairy. I mean, I've seen some hairy Scots guys.
1: Yeah, and and you know, they had that like rock throwing contests and that's, stuff that's like right. that. That's
0: right. Yep. Throw the stones.
1: Yep. So the biggest, baddest, meanest of them.
0: Yeah, it just became the, the mythical creature. I'm buying it. hmm So this, this Devil's Kitchen, you and I have been through it. What? Just so, so you listeners know, we're going to put a video on our YouTube page of Donna narrating her way through Devil's Kitchen. But why don't you tell them, if they can't get to the video right now, why don't you tell them what it's like?
1: Okay, so you, you go to the overlook, you walk from the parking lot to the overlook, and you enjoy that view for a minute, and then if you walk to, it's kind of like along the left side, you'll, you'll come across this really narrow, really steep stairway down into the devil's kitchen, and you can walk through between these two, between the two pieces of this rock. Um, it's, you're walking on ground on dirt and then there's just rock up each side and you kind of, I mean, I, okay. So
0: it's maybe, maybe 18 inches wide.
1: It's pretty narrow. There might be
0: some parts that are two foot, but it's never more than that. It is very, very narrow. A lot of people can't walk, you know, regular. You have to shimmy sideways through it.
1: Right. I, I had to kind of, and also because the ground Is is uneven, mm -hmm, yeah. It's it's at an angle too, but so yeah, you're kind of leaning like my hands are on one rock and the other side of the rock is at my back, and I'm just kind of scooting sideways through there. But
0: if you're claustrophobic, it's not for you, yeah. If you're claustrophobic,
1: yeah, you're probably not going to even want to go down the stairs, and you don't have to, you can go through Devil's Kitchen, but you don't have to,
0: yeah, you can totally bypass it. What is it about? I don't know, 50 feet long,
1: probably, something like that. I was actually looking for the measurements before we did this podcast, and I couldn't find the actual measurements. I don't know if if anybody, Roy, do you remember a couple years ago, we went to Chattanooga on vacation, and we went to Rock City Gardens in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and there's this thing in Rock City Gardens called the Fat Man Squeeze at Rock City. Do you remember that? I do,
0: and I was a fat man back then. And I had a really hard time getting through it.
1: It it is really okay. So that I did find the measurements on that. That that one is 30 feet high, 45 feet long, and 20 inches wide at the narrowest. So this is kind of reminiscent of that. It's not as tall. It's not as long.
0: No, oh, I think it's as long. You think so? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't it may it might not be as tall, but it it absolutely is as long.
1: And I think the fat man squeeze at Rock City in Chattanooga is also more straight up and down. This is more at an angle. It's at an
0: angle. So, listeners, that that's kind of the reason why it's tough. You can't walk straight up and down. You kind of have to lean Yeah. to one side or the other. If you're going from the stair side, you're going to have to lean to your right because it leans at that angle. Or... As most people do, they just sidestep shimmy through I, it. yeah, I sidestep forward a little bit. i
1: yeah. I think i I definitely st- sidestepped shimmy through the end of
0: it it's it is a very fascinating feature, and I love the story you just gave us about it, that the devil I would like to have, you know, I kind of wonder, maybe we create our own myth about it instead of the devil dropping some moonshine. Maybe it's just some Scottish people who accidentally blew up a rock when they overdid their still.
1: Uh, I think we did kind of just add to the story a little bit by by incorporating Bigfoot into it. How
0: do we make that canon? What? Who do I need to call at the park service to, to get you... that put on the placards?
1: I... Yeah, I don't. I don't I'll have... make some
0: calls. I'll make some calls.
1: Okay. All right. I'll be doing something else while you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listeners, if you haven't realized yet, Donna's ashamed of me.
1: I'm not ashamed of you. <laughs> I'm entertained by you.
0: <laughs> well, that was a fun story, Donna. Thank you for sharing that with me, especially yeah. and, and the listeners. Yeah. And so now we're going to talk about our uh, equipment review this week. And this week, it's about some of the tech that I use. Okay. So today's product review is about the app that I use, Commute. So it's K-O-M-O-O-T, and you can get it on Google Play, the Apple App Store. It has a smartwatch companion for Google Watches, for any Android smartwatch, and for any Mac OS smart, so the Apple Watch. And I really like it. I used to use AllTrails as my hiking app, Donna, but I've switched because AllTrails does not have a smartwatch companion. And it's so nice to keep your phone in your pocket and be able to track things using your watch since you already have it anyway. Yeah. So here's some of the information, some of the features that Komoot provides. It gives you detailed information on distance, time spent in motion, your travel speed, elevation changes, and much, much more. So when I give you the information at the beginning of this ep- these episodes, listeners, that's all taken from Komoot. I'm not remembering this. It's straight in the app. So once you start your, your hike, and you can do it with anything. You can do a run. You can do a, a, a bike. You can do a swim. You can do any, any physical activity, and it'll, it'll track that for you. But particularly for hikes, since this is a hiking podcast, it keeps track of all that, including the elevation changes. So it, it is smart enough to know when you have stopped for breaks without having to manually stop it, and when you start again. So when I give you the active time, that's really the time that we are actually moving.
1: I like the elevation information, too.
0: Oh, the elevation map is fantastic. So after your, after your they call them tours on Komoot, after your tour is done, you get this nice little side map that will show you all of the elevation changes that you made from start to finish. And you can scroll through to find out exactly where you were at any point in time. It's so tremendously detailed. And the app is free. What you do pay for, if you want to, and you don't have to by any means, is to download the area maps. And I'll tell you why this is a good thing if you can afford it. Most of the trails that we go on here in upstate South Carolina, you have no cell service. It's certainly no Wi-Fi. So when you're out there, if you don't have the area downloaded, you won't be able to tell where in your pre-planned tour you are. Now, you can still start a tour without any service whatsoever and just go wherever you want. But if you plan your tour, plan your route ahead of time, it has to be downloaded in order for it to be able to track, hey, am I actually on this part of the tour that you're supposed to be on? yeah. One of the other great things about it, we haven't used this yet, but we probably will in the future. You can share real-time location with somebody else. So if I were to go on a long hike and you were stuck home working, God forbid, I could share my location with you so that you would know where I was at any given time. And if you somehow lose track of me, if I don't show up on time, you'll be able to know the exact last spot where I was. And if I'm if my app is still running you can tell when i was you know where i am at this particular moment that's particularly good on some of these long hikes especially if you're a uh, maybe less experienced and you decide to do the dismal trail and then realize you got to the bottom and you're not making your way up anytime soon there's no cell service down there you're not getting any cell signal so that's really useful we haven't we haven't used it yet but i can see some real benefits in that
1: yeah there's some practical uses for that sure go find you having lunch with Bigfoot or something.
0: Oh, man. That would be so great. That Can you imagine? So what would you do if you found me, if I didn't show up for a couple hours, and you found me deep in the woods off of a trail somewhere, and I was braiding Bigfoot's hair?
1: <laughs> First of all, I would be the one to braid the hair.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to braid. I have no <laughs> idea. I have no hair, listeners. So for those of you who don't know me, I am bald. So I... I don't, and I didn't have any daughters. I had a stepdaughter, but she was older when when Donna and I got married. So she she didn't, it would have been creepy if I started braiding her hair. She
1: wouldn't sit for you to braid her hair. No, she wouldn't sit.
0: So I don't know how to braid hair. But I'd try on a Sasquatch. You sure would.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good idea. And I don't know what I would do. I think I'd probably just take out my phone and take some pictures and put them on the website.
0: (laughs) That would be the right thing to do. (laughs) <laughs> that would be the right thing to do, but you can only get blurry pictures of Bigfoot as uh, evidenced by every other picture of him out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you can also take photos on your trail tours with the Komoot app. You can add notes to it. You can publish your, your route for others to use. You can write reviews for your routes, and they also have uh, user-submitted trails. So I typically create my own route in Komoot just because I know exactly where I want to go. And a lot of the user, uh, so most people who use Komoot are experienced hikers. So they'll do longer trails or more difficult ones, or they'll do parts of some and another. So when I plan my weekly tour with Komoot for our podcast, I will create my own, which is another wonderful thing that you can do with Komoot that you can't do with all trails. And so you can, create, you can create your trail and your route, and you can publish it for others to use. You can add photos, which I did today. I added a photo of the, uh, of the waterfall at the end, Donna. Mm-hmm. And you can also uh, share those trails with other friends. So if you were to get a Kamut subscription, Donna, or it's not really a subscription, just create an account. It's free. I could share my trails with you, and we could tag each other and... We could share the trail as if we completed it together, which we do. Which we did, yeah. So again, uh, listeners, Kamut doesn't pay me. (laughs) I paid for the download service. It's a one-time fee to download the map, so it's not like I have to pay a monthly subscription or anything. And it's very reasonable. And I am not affiliated with them in any way. They have not given us any money. So my review is a pure, unfettered review from a consumer... And I take it for what it's worth. Do you need an app to help you get out there hiking? Absolutely not. Do I recommend it? I actually do. I think it'll help you better understand your route. You can plan better and it'll help keep track of your stuff. So I have a whole history of my trails, of my hiking trails in Kamut. I can go back at any time and look and see hey, I completed Ravencliff Falls in May of last year and I completed it in February of this year, did my timing improve? So am I getting faster? Am I getting slower? You know, what am I taking less breaks? All that information is saved for you, and it's good information to just keep on hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this time was way better because we stopped at the Mountain House at Caesars Head Coffee Shop and had lunch afterwards, so I think that improved the experience and our time.
0: (laughs) Actually, our time was significantly better. This time than it was last May. Yeah. By like 20 minutes of actual moving time. Okay. Yeah. So we're doing, we're doing really well. So that's the review folks. That's commute. Feel free to use it. Like I said, the, the creating accounts free, you don't have to purchase anything. And last time I'll say this, you don't need it to get out on the trails and hike.
1: Yeah, but just it helps. yeah, just look for the red markers on the trees for this trail. This was uh, red markers. So. Oh,
0: thank you. Yes, this was a red marker trail. I had a hard time seeing them. They are faded tremendously, and I'm red-green colorblind, so I had a hard time seeing them anyway.
1: But I was his eyes for this trip. She's my eyes. Yeah, I got the. I saw them.
0: All right, so that's it, guys. Kamut, Komoot, uh, Kamut.com. You can go and create your own account. It's free, and uh, check it out. It's it's my recommended hiking app. Yeah. So that's the show this week, guys. We covered the Ravencliff Falls Trail at Caesars Head State Park here in upstate South Carolina. It's a beautiful trail, tons of interesting features along the way, and you get the big payoff at the end with the overlook to the Ravencliff Falls waterfall. Now, the waterfall is far away. It's a good mile, but you get a really clean view of it, and there's plenty of seating there to stop and have lunch and enjoy. So overall, Donna, I love this trail.
1: Yeah, so thanks so much for listening, and please subscribe to us in whatever podcast app you use and be sure to leave us a review. That's how our show grows. Feel free to check out our trail photos at casualclimbers.podbean.com. And if you have a question, comment, or just want to drop us a line, you can reach us at casualclimberspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So... Yeah, this was really fun. We didn't see Bigfoot, but maybe next time. Next time.
0: Yeah. I I keep knocking on trees. No. To try to get him. He doesn't actually. I do knock on trees.
1: Okay. We're, we're, we'll see you guys out on the, see you out on the Maybe trail. we'll see Bigfoot too.
0: God, I hope so. <laughs> All
1: right.